If you're like me and looking to cut back on alcohol this year, Recess Zero Proof Craft Mocktails are the perfect alcohol replacement. They've recreated the cocktails you know and love, like their Ginger Lime Mule and Grapefruit Paloma, which happen to be my favorites. You can enjoy the flavors and feelings of those cocktails without the booze. Zero proof, zero compromise. Listeners can get 15% of the Recess Mocktail Sampler at takearecess.com slash autocallMAFS. You guys know I don't drink very much. So Recess is a great substitute while everybody else imbibes. It's a lightly sparkling mocktail infused with functional ingredients like uplifting guayusa and stress-balancing adaptogens. Whether you're relaxing after work or hanging out with friends, make Recess Mocktails your drink between drinks or your forever mocktail. Get 15% off Recess Mocktails now at takearecess.com slash altercallMAFS so you can enjoy your favorite cocktails without the consequences. Ladies, you know that vicious week before your period where you feel like you want to crawl out of your skin, you feel a little bit down or off, and those cravings when you feel like you can eat anything in sight? Well, there's a solution for that. Now it's easier to manage your PMS with estrogen control. You have to try Hormone Harmony. Happy Mammoth, the company that created Hormone Harmony, is dedicated to making women's lives easier. And that means using only science-backed ingredients that have been proven to work for women. They make no compromise when it comes to quality. And it shows. For a limited time, you can get 15% off on your entire first order at happymammoth.com. Just use the code ALTERCALLMAFS at checkout. That's happymammoth.com and use the code A-L-T-A-R-C-A-L-L-M-A-F-S for 15% off today. Hi, I'm Tane. And I'm Aid, and this is Alter Call, a Married at First Sight podcast. Welcome to week 12, Aid. We're counting down. We're in the end. This is the beginning of the end, even though it's supposed to be the halfway point. You know what's so funny? Like, I, it's great that, you know, we're getting into the season and all that. But I really feel like these few episodes, a lot is happening, but nothing is happening. Uh, yeah. How so, do you feel like a lot is happening? Is it because, like, you can feel the coronavirus coming and you... Yeah, I feel like a lot, like, in terms of, you know what, you're right. A lot is not happening. I don't know why I said that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah I think we can feel that we're in week 12 so yeah but either way you know it's still a good thing I don't have couples cam anymore for those of you who forgot it was the season finale and um they ended last week so we don't have anything but I saw someone ask Ashley and she says they're still recording but they'll be back January 2021 I hope they come back with new people you know what? That's interesting because that means if they're going to join, they should be recording now with them. Although I don't know how that will work. Like they have to get to know, you know, with Corona, they haven't seen each other at all or met or have a relationship. So it might be a little awkward. Like the rest, they've had time to have a relationship. So I saw something on Dr. Viviana's social media that makes me think that they are shooting the next season which was really exciting because I was worried that it would be delayed yeah but that's I mean that's still different than I'm trying to think how the rest of the others actually met so I don't know I don't know how it works I mean they'll figure it out they always find a way so I mean I had no idea that couples camel could be a thing with quarantine but they made a show out of it so you know 
I, we'll wait and see. I haven't really checked ratings for couples cam, but I guess if they're going to keep on doing it, they must have been good enough. I never wanted to watch it, so I appreciate your service. <laughs> <laughs> they might be like W. They're not checking the ratings. Like they just know they have their people. I think shows like this are niche. I don't because even I find that even people who watch a lot of reality show, Married at First Sight is not usually in their rotation. They'll list all the others, the 90 days, the housewives, the things, but um Married at First Sight is just not, you know, it's not as popular as those of us who are in it might imagine it'll be, if that makes sense. I agree with you, but I do think because they put that one season on Netflix and it was like closely tied to Love is Blind that was Yes. I agree, but not the current ones. Because I see a lot of people talking about Keith and Christine and, <laughs> and stuff. But again, we digress. Tell us about Unfiltered this week. Unfiltered, Karen, Woody, and Henry. Once again, no Amelia, no Christina. And Brett hasn't made an appearance in a while either. So I don't know who or what decided. But honestly, I'm actually getting tired of seeing the same people. I want to see everybody. Woody was on his third outfit. Um <laughs> From his many appearances. And I was f- trying to figure out if his shirt said Amani or Armani. <laughs> and then later on when we watched the show, I was like, that shirt probably said Armani. Yeah. <laughs> it was honestly really boring this week. But I'll try to talk about kind of the interesting things. There's a lot of talk about sex. And then Jamie asked, still in the blue dress, Miles says he's on board. Do you believe what he's saying? And Karen says she doesn't know how she feels, but she thinks it's good. Um, she Karen knew about the two-year girlfriend, but she said she's not trying to have that be me. She's not waiting for two years for sex. So that was that was kind of positive. <laughs> okay. Jamie asks, does Henry feel pressure? I'm just gonna say what Henry says, and I've realized that Henry says the same thing to answer so many questions. I may never say anything else that Henry said. He's taking it slow. They're taking it slow is like his catchphrase. They need to focus on other things before that. I'm very bored with this with this answer. I feel like if I ever signed up for Married at First Sight, I would put a clause. Don't put me on a filter. <laughs> it just isn't a comfortable experience. I have to think so carefully about what I'm going to say. If I say the wrong thing, I probably have to do many takes. That I'm lying, but not quite lying by holding information. It just seems stressful. Exactly. Maybe that's why Amelia and Christ I mean, Christina clearly does not respond well to production stress. <laughs> <laughs> let's let's keep her off this one. Let, let's let's sit this one out for Christina. So we yeah. watched the Henry and Christina and the you know confidence from last week. Woody is like she seemed judgy. Uh, Henry was like because she was wearing a blindfold, I couldn't see her face. But now that I watch it back, she seemed judgy. Karen says there are different ways that that could be said. And she also has pointed out that Christina said that she thought it was something she could help him get over. But that first reaction carried a lot of weight. Yeah. Um, so they show Karen and Miles talking and Karen says that was a really good exercise for them. They're, I mean, she to sum it up, eventually we, we're going to get there. She, well, she didn't say eventually we're going to get there. She said, you know, eventually I'd like to get there. That's how she's feeling in that moment. Henry has asked what he would want to show Christina about himself. And he said it just takes people a while to get to know him, whether it's work, friends, whatever. But when he gets (laughs) the only interesting thing about this segment is that Karen then said she knew Henry before married at first sight. They worked in the same place. They used to work together. 
and she what? <laughs> which someone had like found out this but they you know someone was like it's a big hospital system that they work for you know they could have been at separate locations no lo and behold they worked in the same place my eyes just popped out that is interesting what does karen do again something with healthcare, and so does henry henry's a healthcare recruiter so they both do something with in the healthcare industry but they're not medical professionals is kind of what I seem to get. I'm so surprised the producers don't think it's something interesting. I mean, New Orleans is small. So like the way everyone seems to kind of have an idea of who each other is, I think that would be an interesting angle. I wonder why they didn't explore that. I know it's like 12 episodes in. Now we find out that these two did know each other beforehand the same way Karen and Amani knew each other beforehand the same way. and Miles are best friends. Uh, Bennett and Amelia met each other like <laughs> This is an angle they just left alone. But she backed him up and she said the same thing, that he is quiet when you first meet him, but when you get to know him, he opens up. And Henry thanked her for his obliga- for her observation. And then Henry... Of course he <laughs> Henry Thank lies you, and says and he feels like he's making progress and I'm like, no, <laughs> get out of here. I mean, age. People define progress differently, just like they define confidence differently. <sighs> so they showed Amani and Woody dancing and Jamie asked Henry how he thinks it would go and he goes how do you think it would go um, <laughs> like girl please um, wait I don't get it how do you think what would go if, if he and Christina had to do like because you know when Amani like danced for Woody and they kind of danced together oh, and they had like so much fun it looked like yeah. Oh, it's just horrifying thinking of Henry and Christina trying to do that um and he then he backed off or whatever and he's like it certainly wouldn't go how it did for Armani and Woody um and Karen also was like yeah it wouldn't have it wouldn't be the same vibe but yeah honestly this was not the greatest episode of unfiltered well I mean two-thirds the guest was Henry and Karen (laughs) okay Karen is actually really expressive and happy unfiltered Oh, really? Yeah. She's, she gives out very good energy on Unfiltered. Oh, okay. Okay, sorry, guys. <laughs> so, <laughs> that was Unfiltered. So, the title of this week's episode um, was One Month Down, Quarantine to Go. So, we know where we are <laughs> in the timeline yeah. of world events now. So, how did you feel about the episode? Um, Pastor Cow called it a big accomplishment to get to one month. And I was like, it is? Even Chris Humphreys and Kim Kardashian made it 72 days. So I don't know what you're patting yourself on the back for. <laughs> well, they knew each other beforehand. So <laughs> did they? Right. Did they? That's right. That's right, though. One month in MAFS world is huge. If you say so. It is. With cameras, it's huge. Some people quit in the honeymoon, remember? That's true. For some reason, I did find this episode entertaining, but I couldn't figure out why. At the end of it, I was like, why did you like this episode? Nothing happened, but it felt like things happened. Or maybe, I feel like maybe I had some stronger conclusions about people. So maybe that's why. Nothing happened to me. To me, it was just like, I feel like during a stalemate and it's like, we know quarantine is around the corner. That's what we're waiting for. So this last few episodes have just been filler because again, the couples are still in the same trajectory. Like there's, we know who likes each other at this point. Nothing's changing. There's no going to be a huge, you know, turnaround on anything. So it's just like, okay. And the fact that the episode is two hours, so it's two hours of the same thing of them trying to put things together. Really? I did. My opinion might have changed on one couple this episode, but that's about it. All right. 
Okay, let's get into it. You ready? I'm ready. So Amani okay. and Woody kick us off. They're going to sit down and do a budget. Amani says, like, mornings like this are her favorite. There's the flowers. There's a breakfast. And then she segues it with good champagne is adding up quickly. So they need to have a talk mm-hmm. about finances. Date night is $150 at $600 a month. So she kind of like, that's the number Woody throws out and she tries to kind of get him down. Woody wants to spend $500 to $1,000 a month on clothes. It was a respectful discussion, but did you think that they got into details about the budget enough? Yes and no. On camera, no, I don't think so. Um, I think they were just focused on the $150 a week because to me, that's a lot of money. I, I don't know what the average is, but $150 a week for date night I think that's a lot. But the reason why I think that they didn't on camera was I peeked into her Excel sheet and there was a lot more on there. And I was tickled at the Netflix, the Disney Plus. That made me laugh. I saw that. (laughs) So I know they went into more detail. I guess we just didn't get it. There didn't seem to be a conclusion, though. But it felt like I guess they agreed on everything as they were going. So, yeah, I think it was just more like an estimate. And then getting where everyone is at because, um, yeah, like he said, the whole 150 and she's like, okay, it doesn't have to be that extra vegan. So now she has an idea like he likes to spend money, not really for her. And just this is the ballpark and we can work from there, but nothing concrete right now. That was my interpretation. They definitely informed us that Woody is a spender. I was very concerned when he said, (laughs) you can't die with it. (laughs) I was like, "Uh, that's not a great attitude to have towards money. I mean, most spenders, that is their attitude. <laughs> I'm like, you can't die like with it, but in your old age, you're going to need it. So you're going to need to hold on to a little bit. After that, Woody went to the Diamond Store. Diamonds Direct got their second commercial of the season. <laughs> and he picked out some nice earrings for her. I hope he got those earrings for free because this was a commercial. And at one point, they're like, here's my card. And I was like, that card better have been for show. He better have gotten this for free. I mean, he said, we'll be back. I just found it ironic that they talked about a budget and Woody goes straight to Diamond Direct. <laughs> I'm like, go Woody, conversation in and out. <laughs> so like you said, hopefully it was for free. <laughs> oh, So then they, you know, talk about, they sit down and have dinner for their one month anniversary. And she talks about she's not in love yet, but mentally, physically, and emotionally, they are connected. And she's excited for two months because one month has been so fun. Um, At one point, Woody calls Amani his black, beautiful queen. Um, And he said that he is doing things different in this relationship and he's never been happier. And then they sit down and And look at their wedding pictures and Woody is kissing the picture of Amani, which was really cute. (laughs) And um, I feel like I'm rushing through them, but nothing happened, right? It's basically the same thing. Imagine all the other episodes. They're just gushing about each other. Really? And then he says uh, something I did find interesting. He said, I love you. And he didn't say it with any expectation of getting it back, which I thought was like, see, this is what I mean. He's like in a healthy headspace about this. And Amani yeah. says, I feel myself approaching the love train. She got her, he gave her the earrings and then the coupons and half were sex, half were non-sex, but sexual. And I loved, he said, I'm just a squirrel in your world. I was like, what does that mean? <laughs> I, I, you know what? I wrote that down, but I don't know. I found it interesting too. Was this a squirrel collecting your nuts? I don't know. <laughs> but it was. Oh, so I don't really. You're right. Same as last week. They're doing great. They're progressing, having serious discussions about important things like grown ups. What else more can we ask for them? 
Yeah, I think they're really cute. I think what I find interesting is the fact that Amani just doesn't want to say she's in love with Woody, but by all accounts, she is. I think she is. So, I think she's being cautious. Like, how how can I be that person who's in love with someone for a month? But I really do think she is. And I don't know if this is like people projecting their negativity, but I feel like some of the chatter out there is like Woody is love bombing Amani. No. Have you heard that? No, I actually don't look for information outside. Anything I stumble across is either through social media, someone just accidentally, but I actually don't go looking for information. So no, I haven't. But I don't think so. Because why, like, I totally agree with what you said, where you said during a healthy space is like, they're a good balance. Whatever the other gives, the other receives very well and vice versa. So, like, he knows she's not in that space. But like I said, I think he's in my headspace where he knows she is. She doesn't want to say it. It's like, I'm not going to pressure you. Just keep rolling with it. And they're comfortable, you know, where they are. Because little things like when they wake up in the morning and they're making breakfast and they're so in sync. And I don't know if you've caught that. I feel like they should do a montage of the reunion. There's so many um, places where they're dancing with each other. I don't know if there's music or not, but we had one another one this episode where they're just dancing. They're just having fun. Like they actually enjoy each other and it's not because they're married. So I don't think it's a love bomb. I think if he didn't do it, she'd be worried. Every single couple has the same challenge of taking things as they are on face value or just looking for problems. Let's say that Woody doesn't have good intentions and he's going to be really nice for a bit. And then this is going to turn into a terrible relationship. It'll reveal itself in time. For now, it just looks like the beginning of a healthy relationship. Yep. And like I said, if his partner was someone like Karen, then if you say his love bombing, yes, I can see that because she can't receive that and it's too much for her. But Armani likes it. Yes, she's more reserved, but she received, we've said this before, where I think you even coined the term where you said she receives it very well. So no, I don't agree. I think it's well balanced. I think she likes it. I think if he didn't do it, she'll be uncomfortable. It's, it, it's part of what makes her secure in the relationships uh, in relationship i don't know why i said relationship. So, yeah cool so anything yeah. else for those two no that's it that's not much they, they really don't every week i notice that they don't show so much about them they just show clips of them and they seem like highlights but there's nothing really major Which means they're doing the same thing every week having adult conversations and enjoying each other's company <laughs> also how do you feel because i know you said a lot of the times their conversations are just about saying how much they like each other. Do you think they've gone deeper now? Or... I think the budget conversation was was a good example of them talking about real things and working towards real solutions. I think they're getting better on that okay. front. Yeah, but... I think so. Because last week they talked about his dad and all that stuff. So, yeah. so did you see... So they discussed how he lived with his grandmother, but they didn't discuss... Because in the beginning you had wondered, why does he live with his... I feel like we still didn't get an answer to that question. No, we didn't. We absolutely didn't because for someone who likes to spend so much money, um, what? Spending on a house or your apartment? I was like, maybe so. he's saving for a down payment because he did talk about getting a house. But He did. I wonder why that hasn't come up in Unfiltered. Too. Oh, maybe next week, right? They're going to discuss this yeah, episode. I'll, I'll, I'll keep you guys posted. We can move on to Olivia and Brett. So we start, they're eating together and the two are never alone. They're always there with their ever-present tension. It's in the air. We can see it through the screen. And as always, Olivia never wants to let anything go. She brings up if they're over yesterday. 
He's like, I had no problems, Olivia. <laughs> Olivia says, well, I think we need to call Pastor Cal. And <laughs> he honestly, Aid, Brett can help himself. He's like, well, I mean, obviously still bothering you, so sure. Why didn't you just say, okay, cool, let's just call Pastor Cal. And I'm like, you guys talked about calling Pastor Cal last week. Like, why are we retreading the same? You agreed to it last week. <laughs> no, I think, listen, I'm not as hard as Olivia as, like I said, I've stumbled across some things where I see people being so hard on Olivia and I didn't know people felt that strongly about it. I'm not as hard on her, but even I can admit that Olivia doesn't know how to let things, like she's hunkered down on something, is going to take the world to move her on it. So, and he doesn't make it any easier. Like if he, if she had like, you know, more easygoing partner, he'd probably laugh it up like, oh, that's my girl. That's what she does. But Olivia just keeps going and going on. So they call Pastor, oh, well, they're about to call Pastor Kyle because she tells us that she feels like she needs the help, that she gets overwhelmed because she doesn't know what Brett is thinking. They call Pastor Kyle and Olivia tells him about his, what I call mask on, mask off behavior. And she contradicts it by saying, I do think he's genuine, but I want to make sure he's not viewing it as a TV show. As far, did you think that was contradictory no. to Like I did? Because if you thought it was genuine, you won't have the thought that he's viewing it as a TV show. Just this particular statement is what I'm saying. I think the, the part is what that I left off is I think he's genuine when there's no cameras on. Yeah, but if he was genuine, he wouldn't even have two different two different faces, is what I mean. Like I think like I think in general, Olivia struggles with just saying what she needs. Which keep on going. So when she started, she, I feel like eventually she gets there. No, no, no. Eventually she gets there. I think I'm just asking about this particular statement, not overall. I didn't think she contradicted I'm just herself. Saying- I, I, I understood. I think I understand what she was trying to say. I do, too. I'm just saying, like, in, in you know how in the past where she'll say something and then come tell us, I mean, we get along fine. It's just that sometimes, you know, when he does this, and I'm like, just say it for what it is. But she always wants to start with something positive about Brett. That's something I've always noticed. So it, she she wants to soften the blow or whatever. So her saying that he's genuine, but I think like he's two different people to me was contradictory. So anyways, Brett says, and she says it like, you know, he's very aware of, you know, the camera and that's why he has two different personalities off and on. Brett says he doesn't get how anyone is not, how being aware of the camera is an issue, that he's doing it to protect them. So Pastor Cal asked who he is off camera. And A, did you see the difference in her face when she described yes. him? She lit she, up. She's like caring, he's thoughtful, he's a nice guy. And I'm like, She what? loves off-camera Brett. Not love, love. You know what? Yeah, she- but I've never seen, you, you know how I said her jaw is in a set straight line. She loosened up, she lit up, she smiled. Even Pastor Kyle noticed because he gave his face or whatever. And then we see footage of Brett, you know, lying on her lap or on the couch, asking for kisses. She obliges and he carries her, cuddles her. They're watching TV. I'm like, who are these people? <laughs> and I was just like, wait a second. He's receptive, but he's extra on TV. So Brett says he's conservative off camera and she's misunderstanding protecting their image. But I don't understand how he's protecting their image, but he's an ass on camera. Did that make sense to you? Two things. I think when he said he's protecting their image and we're like, but you're being an ass on camera and that's how you're protecting you guys' image. I think he means like, let's not go too deep on camera so we can protect our relationship. That's one aspect. The other thing 
is mm-hmm. after seeing those scenes of them on the couch and just the concept of like we need to protect ourselves i'm like these two are having sex and they're not telling us you know what eight i agree if you remember earlier in the episode when we talked about who was going to have sex first I was like, we might have a situation and it would be Brett and Olivia who will be having sex and they won't want to tell us. Because Brett already seems very cagey about telling people, going public about certain things about them. So I do agree. And that may be because, I mean, we'll talk about it fully, but I feel like every time they argue, I keep saying it, they're not telling us something. It always feels like they're arguing around something, but not actually saying what it is. But either way, they keep talking to Pastor Cal and Olivia is not buying anything. She says it's confusing and maybe it's the sarcasm. I agree with Pastor Cal because he does say it and he says there is a different issue. And she says she just wants to make sure that he he's here for the right reason. And he asks, how difficult is it for you to trust as a person? And she goes, yes, um, it is difficult for me to trust. And again, what I said earlier and what I said last week, it just makes me feel like there's something that's not being said, but I don't know what it is. He asked Brett the same question, like, how difficult is it for you to trust that do you have fears of being hurt? Because she said, yeah, she had fears of being hurt. He said he had no fears of being hurt, but I guess right now I do. And I think he was lying. Do you think he was lying? I I really couldn't figure some stuff out with this. (laughs) I think I was confused because Brett's defense was the wrong defense. (laughs) If someone says, I really like off-camera you and I really don't like on-camera you, the yeah. saying I'm being real on camera is not good defense because they're like, oh, so I don't like you. Yeah, it was so <laughs> confusing. I'm just like, just be, I don't know. I just feel like protecting what they had and growing what they have, just be off camera, Brett, on camera. Like, it's nicer, it's better. And whatever it is that you're trying to protect, just do it and be in it. Like, I don't even know why he feels he has to be two different people. I don't know. It was so confusing to me. But again, I still think they were arguing around something. She brings up, rightfully brings up the, you know, comment he made last week that she's so insecure and said he felt that she was projecting for an exit strategy. And that was why he said that. And I have to say, Brett has a point in that when she says she doesn't trust what he says and he says, there's nothing I can say if she doesn't believe anything that I'm saying and it's her projecting. What can he say if she's so focused on him being disingenuous? But him making that accusation to me, I was like, so you don't trust that she's being genuine on camera either? Might that be because you're not being genuine on camera? (laughs) I don't know. It's so confusing to point it out because they have points. Like Olivia has a point. But in terms of Brett's side, it is true where because there's something she says where she says it's a feeling and feelings are not fact. And you can't help how someone you know, interprets what you do. He can do work on other things. But in terms of like, I don't think you're telling me the truth. And he's insistent that he's telling the truth. Again, how do you change something when you don't think you're doing something wrong? This has always been the issue with them. If Brett thinks he's not doing anything wrong, what ex- where do you go from there? I'm not sure. If When he says, I'm not doing anything wrong, I'm like, are you not doing anything wrong by trying to protect the relationship by not being fully present on camera or you're not doing anything wrong by like having two personas one public one private the whole thing was just it it was strange because this conversation I was like oh you guys have much more potential than you even appeared to have last week like if you I don't know when they took that video of them on the couch while they were by themselves it could have been weeks ago they did tell Dr. Viviana that they were watching a movie the other day but then they could have watched many movies so (laughs) 
But even right. that like little short snippet they showed us, I'm like, we have never seen that guy. We have mm-hmm. never seen that relationship. Mm-hmm. We've watched 11 episodes and we've never seen that before. Yep. Yeah, because it was a little grainy and it was black and white. I had to lean closer to be like, <laughs> it is them, right? So I don't know. But anyways, Olivia says she feels better after Pastor Cal. And can I just say Pastor Cal right now is the MVP of the experts because I do feel like he accomplishes stuff and he always asks the right questions when he talks with the with the couples again, which is weird because isn't that Dr. Pepper's job? He's the spiritual We have not expert, seen Dr. Right? Pepper's face. <laughs> Dr. Pepper tells us stuff all the she, time. She... <laughs> Not the couple. We are three. We are two thirds of the way through the season, and Dr. Pepper has not interacted with them in person or on camera that we have seen. Thank God, Pastor Cow is available. I, I... <laughs> but anyways, um, once again, Olivia and Brett do a lot of talking. So she tells Brett that something I want you to work on during conflict, which is your sarcasm. That I get it. That you know, it's you do it, and then I get hard as a defense, and then you know, it becomes this thing and we're both trying to, you know, outstrong each other. He's actually receptive about it. And she asked, what do you want from me? And he says, I want you to trust me. And I don't know, I I soften that that answer because I kind of also a little bit see his point in that you say all these things about me. I feel like I'm not doing, I don't know what else I can do for you to believe me except trust me. So in a little bit percent, but I did feel a little sorry for him. Did I I'm feel sorry you didn't... for him? I don't feel <laughs> so I feel sorry for the both of them because I I really this like whole sequence I was like there's so much potential here. I feel like you guys are about to squander yeah. a pretty good thing. But I actually did like that he yeah. asked her to trust him. Because if on camera Brett yeah. is genuine Brett, then she should trust that that's who she's going to get and she should make her decisions accordingly. Yeah, because he did say that to Pastor Cal like if he wasn't in it he's not gonna sit here for this call and i kind of believe him Brett could be an asshole because you can tell half the things he does he's looking at it like this is so ridiculous but he shows yeah you know he does so there's just a lot of mark and like i said we're just this something but i don't know but he insists on it and she says i don't feel that way like you know when you say all this stuff and i'm like again girl Feelings are not facts. Like, just work with what he's giving you. And that's the difference between the successful um, couples and not. They take things as they are, like you said. Like, okay, we don't know where matches, we don't know where we're going, but I like it right now. Enjoy each other right now. That's what Dr. Viviana told them to do, but I guess that went out the window, so, oh well. So, he does say, you know, point it out, you know, when I do it again and let me know. And then they hug. And I see that Brett is very affectionate. It was a really long hug. One of those hugs where you're like, <laughs> okay, can I come out now? Stay there? <laughs> Not quite sure. Since it's COVID, like, you know, she's a nurse practitioner. They've been talking about the corona a little bit. I was actually surprised that she's still free and didn't mention anything about work being, you know, ramping up next or anything week. like that. So, yeah, next week, I feel like is when this will all come to a head. Okay. So each of the couples have this and they're watching their wedding videos. And again, Brett is very affectionate. I noticed that he's rubbing her arm. He constantly was touching on her arm. And, you know, that thing guys do when they hold your arm and just rub their fingers up and down your arm. He was doing that completely. She seemed a little stiff, but I mean, we know that she doesn't like affection, but, you know, she stuck it out. She didn't say anything, but he does tell us that I have affectionate feelings for Olivia. I think I believe him. Uh, I do I you? Do. Yeah, I think I do. I th- I just think they need to work through the murk. 
there is something there. But either way, wedding videos are a scam because, you know, people always have this aww feelings and then 10 years <laughs> down the line, they hate each other. I don't know what happened between them, but I got mushy at that and Olivia got mushy and she says, Every month we're gonna watch this, and then in one year we're gonna get married. Just Aww, kidding. But that she was, was cute, and that I mean, she looked so happy watching that video. <laughs> he didn't look nearly as happy. As really her. was. <laughs> like I said, wedding videos are a scam because she softened a little bit. <laughs> so yeah, and that was all I had for them. So overall, I do think, I I think they were matched. Besides the cats, I think there's something the between her rigidity and his insecurity and whatever else is going on i don't know if they can get past that but if they do get past that there is potential for them this is and all the time that we've been watching after this episode for the two of them i was like if ever a couple should just say yes on decision day and see how it is without cameras it should be the two of them i don't know if they managed to like get to that point but if the real issue is that she really likes the off-camera guy and she really can't stand the on-camera guy and he likes both versions, just, just try it. See how it goes. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, that's actually true. If they can, again, get to the merch. But again, week 12, I stand by the fact he's out. He's checked out. He's just going through the motions right now. But we'll see. All right, let's go on down to Amelia and Bennett. <laughs> <laughs> so Nothing changes. They still like each other. Everything's still going great. But the their segment starts with Bennett meeting his sister, Molly. For those who don't remember, Molly is the person who, during the family meetup, just blurts out, have you guys talked about having kids? Because he doesn't want to have kids. I don't know. Yeah, he said that. That sister. And she didn't fail us. If you remember, in the night way, she's very eccentric. And she started by bringing someone named, I shouldn't say someone, something called Yoop. What is Yoop, you ask? Yoop is a stuffed duck. I was I was not amused for one single second. I was like, maybe you're just the worst person ever. But I'm like, this trifling heifer right here brought this fucking duck. What's the point? You know what I did like, though? I was watching Bennett react to her bringing the duck. And he it's very much like he's amused by it. And he's like, oh, that's just my sister. I could tell that this is... Nothing she says or does is a shock to him. He's seen it all. Yes, Bennett takes everything in stride because there were moments where he's like, what? But five seconds, he just adjusts. He's just like, you know what? So it is. What are you going to do? Just go with the flow. I've said it. Bennett is one of my favorite humans. I've never met the guy before, but he's one of my favorite humans. But anyway, guys, Yoop is this bright yellow stuffed duck that is sitting with them at the restaurant, like literally had a seat and I think she made a comment like, this is someone you used to live with before, and now you're living with someone, girl. Anyways, she says, I have a surprise for you. I have my tarot cards, and I can actually tell you how it's going with you and Amelia. They start going through it. I honestly couldn't tell if this was serious or not. She said he was going to have a house that is the outside. House already has to is outside. I <laughs> And he'll be able to share his emotions in the house outside. His obstacle is he's too happy and it's clouding his judgment. That isn't far <laughs> off, actually. <laughs> but does she know that? That wasn't far off, so I couldn't even tell. Her because she's his sister. <laughs> exactly. So I didn't know what was serious or what was her just doing something for camera time. I don't even know what instructions the producers give her. Like, you know what? Just do what's in your heart. Anything you want to do, just go ahead. <laughs> 
do it. But anyways, um, he again, he was in stride and he was just going over everything. He tells her everything is going great. Of course, residency comes up again. And he tells her about the one month anniversary. Mid-sentence, guys. Mid-sentence. He's talking. And this girl asked the waiter, please, do you have birdseed for you, the stuffed duck? Because he hasn't touched his potatoes. I cannot... I'm not amused just, by this and I'm not entertained by it. I'm just so like, hard. can you go away? I don't want to watch this. No, even Bennett. He looked up like, wait, what? Like, what is happening? And then he laughed. He's just like, you know what? I'm not going to do my sister like that on TV. I'm just going to go like, this is normal. And she was with the waiter too. He's just like, oh, sure. I'll check in the back. She's like, thank you. This duck is actually sitting there with a plate of potatoes in front of it. So... I don't know where these married at first sight producers are going, but like you said, I don't think that it was amusing. I Maybe didn't we don't chuckle, have a sense of humor. So. Maybe some other people out there find this amusing or entertaining, but I'm not the one. You know what? If you are one of those people, let us know. Because it is fair enough. Like there has to be an audience for it. There has to be a reason why producers thought this is the way to go. So let us know. Um, she tells him that he should write a song. She should write and dedicate a song. No, no, no. She says that, I think he's talking about, you know, what he's going to get her and do for her and be musical. And then she goes, oh, Amelia, he mentions that Amelia is musical and she plays guitar and harmonica. And then she says, oh, she should write and dedicate a song to you. And Bennett being the best person, he was like, oh, do I have to do the same? (laughs) And then I think the conversation was just for her to ask. I think they instructed the friends and family to ask them um, are you in love with her? And there was this pause and he goes, mm, possibly, yeah. But overall, you know, despite her being, you know, eccentric and all, Molly seems happy for them. And that's always nice when your family and friends are happy for you. So he ended nice. And she says, you know, what'd she say that they're going to be together? Her tarot cards told her that they're going to be together for many lives, even beyond this I'll life. I want my blah, 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 back. So, that's all I have to do. Yeah. So then- <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> so Amelia um has the same conversation, but with her friend named Cyril. Me too. Who I completely enjoyed. I can't why, but I just really enjoyed her. She just went straight to the point. But she did call Ben a Ben, and that irked me. Don't I shorten people's name people if they didn't ask you to. <laughs> She's not friends with him Maybe like Amelia that. Why would she call him Ben? Friend. Yeah, she barely knows his wife. Of course, of a friend of his wife. Anyway, maybe. <laughs> so she asks about the passion, and because um, Amelia asked her, "You've lived with someone?" She goes, "Oh, you should like take it slow. I like the mystery, the passion, because the passion dies." And Amelia says, "I mean, we're just learning about each other, and because we're strangers, is enough to stoke the fire." And they ask about the love thing, and she goes, "Oh, I have love feelings, and life is content right now, and she's never been." as content as she feels in this moment. So coincidentally, she did write him a song. I don't know if this was planned or if this is actual coincidence, but she did write him a song. So they're hiking and he tells us that he's hoping to build courage to be able to say, I love you to Amelia. And he hopes that she feels the same. And then for some odd reason, the next scene is we get a couple's cam of both of them telling us that a few steps away he just told her that he loved her and i'm just wondering why after all the build-up all season we didn't get that on camera 
I think that Bennett wanted to do it in private, and so he made sure that they did it at a time when they would not have the real cameras with them. Okay. Or maybe he did it after they had stopped filming professionally. I don't know. They were filming them. Like, we saw them through the trails and all that. But I don't know. I just thought it was a interesting choice that he didn't. But I guess to compensate no long after, as they tell us that, he's saying, like, well, I told her and he didn't get a response. Amelia is there all cheesing away and... She says, I love you too. And then he seems surprised. I don't know why he would be surprised. Maybe it was genuine. I don't know. He's like, really? And then I guess they exchanged their I love you. Did you think it was cute? I thought it was very cute. I was very happy for them. I didn't expect that from you, Aid. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. So the next scene, they're exchanging gifts for their anniversary. And Bennett comes in carrying a blender. He walks in through the front door. I don't know where he went to go pick that up, but everything about this scene was just, I don't know. He's wearing his nightshirt, the lime green one we know so well, as a shirt because he had shorts and it was coming from outside. The blender has no box, not a gift box, not the original box. Where do we think he picked this up from? (laughs) When I first saw it, I was like, did he go to his house and go get a blender? Or maybe he bought her a blender last week as their anniversary gift, and now they've got to redo it for us. I hope that it was a recreation or a redo, because otherwise that means he left his house in that dress and a pair of shorts. I know absolutely that he did not get that blender from his house, because I do not see um, Bennett using a ninja blender. (laughs) Because? Um, It's pretty pricey. (laughs) And I just don't seem, he seems like a minimalist. And he said he doesn't have a kitchen, remember? That's true, but okay. <laughs> so yeah, he comes in with his boxless, look like he got it from a flea market. <laughs> yeah. I, I guess that's a high-end blender. I'm not a blender expert, but that, that that's a high-end blender. Yes, it is. Um, so now make it awkward for me to say I have the same one, but I do have the same one, and it sliced my finger before. So the way they were flinging it about on the couch made me so nervous. Because I'm like, oh, just put it aside, guys, and say thank you. But he also gave her a jaw harp, which I didn't even know was a thing. But again, if it was anyone else, it would be weird. But Amelia is pleased with it. She starts playing with it. But you know what? They're great. She sings them a song. They give me PDA. What more can I ask for? They read their framed vows. And it's just par for course. The reading their framed vows is the same as them saying their affirmations last week. They're fine. They like each other. They're good. (laughs) They are fine. Did you notice that in one of her stand-ups, Amelia was wearing like a jacket and a blouse and she looked like Dr. Amelia for the first time? No, I didn't notice. (laughs) I was like, the doctor is in the house. Like you could wear that to work. I'm like every other thing that we have seen you wear. (laughs) But I'm glad they're happy and I'm glad they're in love and they're saying, I love you. Go Amelia and Bennett. Yes. Go Amelia and Bennett. So Karen and Miles are in what looks like a park um, on a tire swing. And once again, I don't know if you've noticed, Miles is always coming up with games. Games for Karen and Miles to play. So he comes up with two truths and a lie. And they reach the point where I didn't even notice it. For reality shows that I watch, there are certain couples when the romantic shows where they have me cheesing. At certain times, I don't even realize when I'm doing it because they're so cute. And Karen and Miles had me with this scene and they had me cheesing and it was nice. So they got all the questions right. They had a good vibe. Karen was touchy-feely and, you know, it was cute. 
Did you get that same vibe? I did. I thought they were very cute in this Two Truths and a Lie. I felt like they were vibing and they had good energy. It's the kind of yeah. energy that makes me like gives me hope about their relationship. Yeah, that's the thing about the relationship. In, out, in, you never know. But again, it could be editing. We don't know. But um, they ended their fun time at the park with Mal saying that they're going to get, I think for a dare, he said, they're going to get tattoos. And I was very surprised that Karen wasn't opposed to it. So I'm guessing it's something they've discussed off camera because I don't have any recollection of them talking about tattoos. I don't either. And I was like, are the tattoos matching? <laughs> I didn't get that sense. I thought it was just she does does she not have any tattoos and he has a whole bunch and this is gonna be her like going to get her first tattoo. Is that what they said? Um we didn't even get any insight into it. She just said you've been talking about wanting tattoos and you know something. But again, my thing was just she didn't seem to it that sounds like a commitment to me and she didn't seem to flinch. And you were shocked by her non flinching. Of course I was. I was like, whoa. <laughs> But um, next we see Karen and Miles, Amani and Woody. It was a joy to see them. They have a meetup together. And I don't know if it was on purpose, but Karen and Miles are color coordinated. Um, I think Karen always looks good. Amani and Woody are just, you know, the same old goofing around. They're saying they're good. Um, Woody's talking about he loves his life right now. Like he comes back from work. There's wine ready for him. Everything's cleaned up. Like, what even is this life? So he's having a good time and it's all genuine. And then Miles asks all of them, um, what have you learned about yourselves? Amani and Woody both say patience. And Karen, Karen, she says, I found out that I'm hard to read. And, you know, it would be nice if she gave an actual character trait, not like I'm hard to read. And and then Miles gets all hopped up about it. He's talking about, for example, like he's oiled up. He gets out of the shower. He's waiting for Karen to say something about it. She calls, he calls her and she just goes, what's up? And then that's it. But then what annoyed me is now I've bought into the dynamic of the relationship where I'm hoping that Karen is okay. Cause the whole time he's going on, I'm like, oh my God, is she going to get angry? Is she going to get annoyed? What are you doing? And but it wasn't like that. It wasn't like that. It wasn't like that. Thank God. But when I saw that she laughed, then I was like, okay, <laughs> okay, we can go on. And then I, I was really so mad. I was like, who cares? <laughs> he's saying his truth and that's what it is so and then we find out that Karen and Miles live above Amani and Woody yes and apparently I mean if they're supposed to be advertising Gotham Lofts talking about how everybody can hear the people above them is not great advertisement <laughs> no it's not <laughs> they put them more, far apart I, I don't know just so they don't run into each other but that's interesting that, you know. They're all they together. Up. I wonder who else is next to each other, above each other. <laughs> yeah. So Karen tells them that they are planning on fostering a dog. Again, another commitment. Be oh, no. Because they're right? on the commitment train. Which is yeah. shocking. It is shocking that they would talk. Because I was like, are they going to foster a dog while they're doing the the process? Are they going to wait till after? Have they discussed it? Yeah, because I don't know how long it takes to foster a dog. But either way, it's still something, you know, this seems permanent and doing together. And she seems receptive to it. So, I mean, good on him and her. And then Amani and Woody also talked about their dog situation. Um, and Woody was like, why are they bringing this up? Now there's pressure on me to get this dog. <laughs> 
it was all fun and games. I really do enjoy when four of them get together. It's always just because they all four genuinely seem to like each other and be themselves, and they don't sit there in awkward silence, unlike some other people. <laughs> names that shall be named. <laughs> So back to Karen and Miles, they're talking again. And Miles says he wants their one month anniversary to be something for both of them to enjoy because it could be their last anniversary. And he's like, I hope it's not. And Karen doesn't, you know, help out his fears. She just goes, Yeah. That's Karen for you. I mean, <laughs> try help the boy out. But, anyways, he says, I got you a gift that he was planning to do all that in a restaurant, but because of COVID, it was shut down. And he starts talking about how, you know, some Black TV couples were his embodiment of what, you know, love is and being in a relationship was, and reminded me that he's the second man and married a first sight franchise who's mentioned that their idea of what they know of love was from TV. And the first was Jeff D from Boston. And the weird thing is, is that in the first episode that we watched, he was like, oh, my grandparents were together and like, they're my example. So I don't know how we got from the Huxtable, you know, the Huxtables to, <laughs> to the grandparents. Yeah. I'm like, are we missing? What happened? What happened to your grandparents' mouth? Well, the grandparents aren't a good lead in when you give someone a gift that has a shirt with famous black TV couples on there. I did so like that shirt. I would not wear it. I think because I'm single. <laughs> But I did like it. Uh, I'm not single and I wouldn't wear it. I don't know what I thought of it. If they're on the same page, more power to them. But I don't know. I, it's just not my my flow. But this is a great chance. You know, when Karen always says she's moving forward, these are examples of where I think she can move forward. Give him a kiss on the lips. Just do something. Not a kiss on the cheek. You're not brothers. So these are two back-to-back examples where she could have just said, no, I hope it's not our last anniversary and give him a kiss on the lips. But He's on the chin. I, I guess I that's... thought she was being pretty affectionate for Karen. <laughs> I thought she was being pretty affectionate. It may not be the level at which Miles wants her. You want, but that was affection. <laughs> so he asked her her thoughts and if this one month anniversary means something to her. There was a long pause. I mean, I know people say when people take their time, they're thinking about their answer. To me, sometimes when there's a pause, it's not it's not what you want to hear that's coming. Are we exclusive? Hmm. Once there's a long pause, nothing good that you want to hear is coming after that. But she gives a PC answer and says, I think we're leveling out and I think we're in a good path. Why are you good calling space. it a PC answer? Because it's not, I don't know, when you're with someone, I, what is the difference between, okay, I'm going to try to be objective. Like, it's not because, I promise, guys, it's not because I'm not exactly a Karen fan, but sometimes the way she reacts, and I think especially the contrast against Miles, it just seems friendly. So if he says, does this mean something to you? If it really means something to you, I don't know how hard it is. You don't have to be in love. Just be like, oh my God, yes, it, it means something to me. Like, We've come so far. I'm really enjoying this. But the way she said it, it seemed like she thought about, okay, I don't want to hurt his feelings. Let me say this. So that's what I mean by PC. Not that she didn't mean what she said, but it just seemed devoid of, like, it would be hard for me as a partner to be like, oh, yeah, she's excited to be with me, if that makes any sense. So that's what I mean by PC. Like, I think what she said, she meant it. I don't think she's lying. But you can always tell when there's enthusiasm, you know, 
back behind it. So I didn't feel that there was enthusiasm. (laughs) Oh, Karen lovers. I don't hate her. I promise. Really? I can't tell. Um (laughs) So um, they're looking through their wedding photos. And I think looking at the different reactions, Miles was so ecstatic. He was all smiles ready. And Karen looks apprehensive and really nervous. She still thinks that they've come a long way, but they still have a long way to go because they're so different in the way they process things, emotions, and show affection. She does admit admit that he treats her well. And while reading the vows, they're reading each other's vows. In the middle of it, she's like, don't cry. And that rubbed me the wrong way. Like She probably meant it jokingly. But I'm just like, we've gone through this whole emotion thing. There's backstory. Like, just let it be. Let it, Even if you wanted to cry, let him cry. That's okay. But um, she said she's tried her best to be the best version for him and actually feels like he's done the same. I'm so sorry that I don't remember if she was telling us or telling him because I'm hoping she told him all this, but it doesn't seem on brand for Karen to tell him. I can't remember either, but I, I felt like they really ended on a good, strong, positive note. Yes, they did come somewhat because Miles' last statement makes me think that he knows he's missing something and he's nearing his breaking point because he said, on paper, I got what I wanted, but I'm still concerned about our physical interests. And on paper is a negative because it says, well, everything as it appears should be good, but it's not actually good. It's just good on paper. Yes, I think he's beginning to feel Karen is right. Where she said he's going to extend himself and then get to a point where he's like, okay, um, I don't, I'm reaching my breaking point. I'm not getting what I want. So I think he's getting there. He knows something is missing. He knows he's extending to bridge the gap. And honestly, this physical intimacy thing is a lot bigger deal to him than he's really voicing out, I think. Yeah. But this can't last yeah. forever. I think that's where I am with them. They're in a good place, but it can't be like this for forever because if they're like this for forever, well, Miles will never leave. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if Karen will. Will they just be stuck miserably together because neither of them will leave? I think Karen will. I okay. Think. Yeah, I think Karen will. But Karen yeah. needs to do some work. I mean, I, that's the conclusion yeah. of every episode, but Karen needs to do some work. Yeah, like I think she's trying. And I think that's what frustrates me about the relationship. I think to her personally, her personal best, she's really stretching herself. It's just that her stretch self isn't still matching miles's energy so it's just frustrating because it's again two steps forward one step back i don't it just in and out each week you never know what you're gonna get but again we're going through the journey they're happy now they had a good week this week i think so we'll just stay there till whatever they give us but on the last note karen's head scarves i love them they're so pretty i don't know how she does it but i love them there there is a head scarf company that i follow on instagram that i constantly think about buying stuff and i never do I wonder, I wonder if that's your source. <laughs> so like after me. Karen and Miles, we get Christina and Henry. So it starts with Kristen, Henry's friend, coming over. And he says she's been with him since the beginning. And I was like, beginning of what? Preschool, life, this journey? I don't know. Um, <laughs> and he seeks her advice and her opinion is important. So first they talk about the confidence discussion from last week. And Kristen asked, was it a passive aggressive dig at you? Which almost honestly, the question is like, if that was the question, we all know the answer. (laughs) (laughs) Henry started listing all of his faults. He's hard to read. He's monotone. He gets that he's to himself a lot. And Kristen responds like, 
everything you said had a negative connotation to it. If that's who you are, it's not a bad thing. Don't take it on as a negative because then it feeds into your insecurities. Okay. I have two thoughts if you don't mind. My first thought is I disagree. It is a bad thing if all those are your negatives. It's just to me, it's a bad thing because I I don't know. Maybe I should have realized this earlier. But as I as he was saying those things and she was responding in that way, I was like, maybe they're not bad things, but you surely should not be on this show. Um, But they are bad things. Like, how do you live a positive, full life if you have all these flaws that you're so aware of? You have no plans or it's hard for you to get over. But I don't know how to put this. We all have flaws. We all have things that, you know, we don't like or whatever, but we're all working on it or we just navigate through it. Harry doesn't seem to be navigating through it. He seems to be settling into it. Now I'm hearing myself. I feel like I sound like Christina last week saying, why do you plan to stay there? But that's not what I mean. I feel like he's aware of it, but it is who he is. But try to navigate through it. Don't put it down. You can find a partner who works with you because, again, we all have those flaws. So it's not like, you know, everybody finds a partner who's going to work work with you through those flaws. But don't list them like these are the reasons why I don't deserve anybody. He's saying it like I don't deserve anybody because I have this. So unless that's what she meant. But I'm not going to also say like, you know, everything he said, everything he said is not it's not a bad thing that he's X, Y and Z. And I wonder, you know, he always says, like, it takes a little time. So I'm like, maybe this is the Henry you meet for, like, month one or month two. But eventually you get to another Henry who's a much better version. So then it's like, well, do you need to change or do you just need someone who's willing to put in the time? I don't know who's willing to put in the time. (laughs) Well, I guess the Henry you get when he likes you. This is because he doesn't like Christina. So so I I don't think you're wrong about that. He does not like her. Okay, my second thing was all these negative things that he said, there's no way, because he seems so self-aware, there's no way he didn't say this in the matchmaking special. And how did he say this? And the experts thought to themselves, yes, this is a person that I think is ready to get And it's times like this where I'm like, we should have watched the matchmaking special. And in fact, we should do that (laughs) at the end. Because it might actually be more interesting. Yeah, because now we know. So it's not like a weird thing. But yeah, that was all I was thinking about was like, yeah, this is someone who needs to, you know, sort that out first, because he did go through a life-changing thing with the heart attack and, you know, losing weight and then, you know, having all these negative things about himself. Like, that's what he needs to sort out first before bringing another person into his life. So Kristen says that she saw serious differences and she doesn't know if those differences can complement each other at the party. And Kristen says the way she spoke to production was completely out of line. And then we are treated to a flashback of... (laughs) Of the things that she said when they were doing the party. And it's just the same things that we've seen, you know. Christina is just not willing to follow instruction. Which, in my opinion, I'm like, sometimes they make it sound much worse than it is. She doesn't raise her voice. She doesn't throw things. She just says, no, not doing that. And people see it as, like, this, like, major breach of etiquette and, like, rudeness to say, I'm not doing this. Well, it's bad energy, aid. Sometimes energy speaks louder than words. And I think that's what Christina brings. Because even in that little clip they showed us, everyone there looked awkward. Like, okay, what do we do? Like, you ever been in a room and somebody walks in? It's not necessarily anything they said, but it's just bad vibes. I think that's what her problem is. So she says, like, the process, Kristen says that the process is intense and she doesn't see how Christina treats people aligning with how Henry treats people and speaks to people. And it made Kristen uncomfortable, which is like what you said about she brought the the bad juju. Um, (laughs) (laughs) 
Kristen says like she knows Henry really well and she doesn't really see it that they're two different people. And then Kristen gives him credit for doing the best he can, which is not good enough. <laughs> and I didn't enjoy anything about this conversation. I felt like Henry called his friend over here so that he can start establishing the narrative that there there's no hope for them while still like giving lip service to like, oh, I'll keep on trying. Because he never took the opportunity to say like, oh, she actually had something she was dealing with, the ADHD, and she's working on it. Or in previous times, he's even said that he's seen an improvement and he didn't even talk about that. So I didn't love this conversation. He probably didn't mean it when he said it. Harry says a lot of things. It's like, he'll just say anything to avoid the situation and then it always comes back. So like this technique is not working. So then we have um, Christina's friend, Chris, comes to visit and this whole thing was shot with like a self camera so i don't know about the timeline that was weird it was all echoey and And that's i I could immediately tell like this was not the regular camera crew um (laughs) her friend chris uh comes in and he's very like pushy maybe pushy is the wrong word but he's very like why are you waiting to have sex when she says that they're still not having sex and she's like he's the exact opposite of everyone she's dated she's like yeah day one we're having sex and then she says she doesn't know what his end game is, which I thought was just like fluff. Cause I'm like, well, the end game is that the two of you are married to each other or you're not. So does she, I, I, if you're trying to pick between the two, I think the signs are pretty clear in one direction. And then <laughs> I think her friend is bored. That's the word. What was the word I was looking for? Bored. It's so bored. <laughs> so then his, her friend, this is where the conversation took kind of an unkind turn. He's like, how are you like married to the director of HR? Isn't that type of person never late for school, never gotten a speeding ticket? Isn't it weird to be with someone who follows the rules? And I'm thinking, what kind of trash has this girl been dating? Yeah. Are we surprised though if Christina was going to have a friend? This is, isn't this what I, we expect? I, I'm still shocked that she has friends. <laughs> well, friend so far. And she, and she <laughs> says, he knows I'm a good person. Uh, okay. <laughs> wrong like, no like, he's a good person i feel like he knows i'm a good person i'm like nobody nope, 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 nope. that's the whole problem he doesn't think you're a good person he can't get past it i always question if that's the real reason though or if that's just a convenient excuse for henry hmm. i think it is actually. so then oh crystal there she's talking to him and she goes maybe it's too late maybe he just sees me as a friend um and i'm like i'm not even sure henry likes you as a friend and then she says oh it's the first time that she said it out loud that they could just be friends and i'm like look no this is one tv reality tv show where i will not judge you for coming on and saying i'm not here to make friends because <laughs> you're not supposed to make friends supposed to find a husband <laughs> and a wife and her friend is like well do you feel like you're waiting for him to initiate something or take the lead and she's just like well there's no verbal like oh i like you this is the other thing. How can you say someone has never said I like you, but they've said you're a good person? Okay. And he never says, you look good today. There's no hand-holding. She's like, I don't want to be a bratty girl and say, like, tell me I'm pretty. It's only one month. And I'm like, I- I'll give you that. Like, I not only do I want, like, my husband to tell me I'm pretty, I, I want random people on the street to tell me that I'm pretty. Like, you're not asking for too much there. <laughs> I will say, though, read the good person thing. She said, I feel like he knows I'm a good person. She didn't say it definitively because <laughs> he doesn't so it's a guess <laughs> um and then they talk about like should she make a move i think she's not making a move because she's afraid of rejection and that's the smart part of her brain thinking because that is probably what's going to happen and her friend is like she's like well, risk 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 liability liability 
and that she's uninsurable and has a high premium rate. They laugh about it at least, but I don't think she should make a move. I think she's giving all the hints in the world. At this point, the ball is in Henry's court. But then court. why do people keep on telling like, her to make a move? It's such terrible advice. Because you have to realize that they don't see what we see. They're just going through the story and they can't imagine how bad it is. So they keep saying, oh, maybe he just needs a push. Maybe, But that's why she rolls her eyes and has that big reaction every time one more person tells her make a move. Because she's like, there's really nothing else I can do anymore. But you won't believe it till you watch it. So Both of these visits were very unsatisfying. I mean, I don't know. It's just not fun to watch Christina and Henry anymore. So when their scenes come around, I think it's on purpose that they put them at the end. Maybe they're scared people will fast forward. So they're always, I don't know if you noticed, they always close the show. So I think um, Kristen, Henry's friend, was there to validate and tell him, nope, it's not working. And I honestly don't know the purpose of Christina's friend. Because if she's telling you all these things, like we're not clicking and you're still pushing oh, have sex, this may explain why she has previous bad relationships because she's getting bad <laughs> advice. Oh, so after their, like, terrible visits with their, honestly, neither of their friends really look good here either. I, I did not come off liking either one of them, but maybe it's because they were talking to Christina and Henry. I don't I like, like Christian Because this, this episode was the first one where I think she was so, she was so calm, so demure. I'm like, is it alcohol that made her a bitch earlier? But I thought she was honest. I think she was honest, but I maybe it wasn't her. Maybe it was just the vibe of this visit of like, let's give Henry a free out out of this. I didn't like that. Oh, okay. Because I didn't think she said anything mean. I think she was just honest like, hey, this is what I see. This is what I observe. My friend is not happy. It's not a good match. I don't know what you're doing. So, so after like the friends visits, they um, celebrate their one month anniversary and they're looking at their pictures and she's like, oh, before we knew each other, better days, huh? just joking and oh. then he kind of tells us that she makes these comments where she's joking and he can tell a lot of time there's some truth to it and i wondered why didn't you say something right then like are you really joking right now <laughs> have you met henry Ugh. it's confrontation is that even confrontation that's just saying the thing for what it is to him it's confrontation start something he doesn't have time for <laughs> drink wine and then she's like, oh, my God, I didn't realize how much we kissed that night. Insane. Which is to say, we all kiss like that anymore. I mean, how do we manage to do all that kissing the night we met? We haven't managed to do it since. <laughs> I think her doubts were really strong this episode. Uh, and it was shining through. And then they do, like, cheers to one month. That was, like, fun looking at it. And they ask, you know, where do you think we're at at this marriage? And then Henry just comes out with some word vomit bullshit. It hasn't been there long. There have been ups and downs. And then she tells us that he's shown her things that she didn't realize. It's time to stop comparing him to her ex-boyfriends. It feels like you want to get to know me. How? Where? What? Where did this come from? We'll figure it out. That's what she says. It didn't make sense, though, her saying it's time to stop comparing to her ex-boyfriends because she already stopped. She said so many times that he's the opposite of everything she's dated and she realizes this is what she needs. And that's why she's willing to give it a chance. He's a good person and all that. So I don't know. I think it might be a win if Christina realized that what she needs is to date a good person. If that's the only lesson she gets out of Henry and that maybe she could perhaps be a little bit of a better person herself. Those are good takeaways. That is a good takeaway. Hopefully she doesn't see it though as well. I tried a good person and clearly we don't match. Hopefully she knows Henry is the exception, not exactly the rule. Hopefully. So... You know, it's sad and depressing to watch. And really, like, it's not enjoyable. No, it's not. But really random, though. 
queuing in or queuing for the next week's preview episode, did you catch the roll of tissue paper that was just randomly sitting in their hallway? I'm happy for them that they managed <laughs> to get some, but I am wondering when they break up, because there's no if here, it's a when, how would they fight over the toilet paper? Because it'll be very hard to get toilet paper at the time that they break up. Well, Christina's going to bitch about it. She's going to put it on the doorstep and Henry's going to sell her <laughs> the money for his hat. <laughs> so now that we're yeah we're at the next week with quarantine like i cannot wait i feel like there's gonna be excitement things are gonna happen because if you just think about how stressed we all were when this began and like how yeah. many unknowns there were and then to put like people who are taping a tv show about being married at first sight i i it's gonna be something yeah anything is gonna be an excitement because really for these last episodes it's just been nothing happening so like i said the preview alone was more exciting than the entire episode at least for me so it'll be interesting to see how that happens and it'll be a good valid excuse for the experts since they don't want to show up now they have an actual uh, excuse so we can't blame them anymore ain't that the truth <laughs> so that's what we have for the couples eight can you tell me who has your bouquet brett and olivia i Whoa. feel like i'm being punked but i kind of like it because I'm like, you guys, this could be it. Like, you guys could have hope. Maybe you're going to say yes on decision day. Maybe you guys are actually a good match. Um, and I feel like they both worked really hard this episode to, like, have good, open, and honest conversations. I actually hope they took that conversation off camera because that appears to be where their relationship actually lives. Who has your bouquet? I almost, almost, almost gave it to Karen and Miles, but nope, I gave it to the same people as last week. Amani and Woody have my bouquet for this week. Why you ask? Because they gave me my PDA. <laughs> That's all I want. PDA. Did you see that Oprah and Olivia so, gave each other? <laughs> Girl, <bye. laughs> And who, who has your burnt ashes? My burnt ashes are Christina and Henry. Because they do not want to call a time of death on this sham of a relationship. But more so Christina also for being mean. I think it was unkind. That conversation with Chris was very mean girl. And I'm sick of her little digs. My burnt ashes went to Henry and then kind of to Christina too. I feel in my heart that Henry is done and just won't say it. And I'm tired of it. I, they've provided all the entertainment they can provide for us. They just need to walk out the door. I think they're both done. I think this week, Christina realized that she's done, but I think they're now playing a game of who's going to call it. Talking of which, who do you think is going to call it? Oh, that's tough. That is so tough. Because I think it'll be I Christina. I don't know. I, honestly, I can't. It's easy to say that, but if she could have, she would have. I think she's trying to make him... <laughs> I think she's very vengeful. So I really think... No, I really do think she's vengeful. So I really think she's going to make him as a, that's why she's wrapped up the unkindness, so to speak. And she really wants to make him, and we've seen Henry blow his lid. Like, I think he's just going to get to the point where I can't do this anymore. So if she was going to do it, I think she would have done it already, I think. But I think she's waiting for it. She's trying to push him to Something the edge. Something I like about it. Christina, and I don't know if it's intentional, but she's not afraid to look like a bitch. And that's why I think she'll be the one to leave, because... I just think she's less afraid of what, what it's going to look like. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. I think that's the edge. Henry wants to be a good guy so bad. And this is how he's stuck in this situation. If he had been honest up front in week two, when the rest of us saw it, sit this torture. So we love hearing from you guys on social media. And we appreciate the reviews you leave us on all the platforms. 
So WDC Traveler said, great chemistry between the hosts, and I totally feel like I'm sitting around the table with my friends when listening to their show. She also had a suggestion about adding more to our show notes. So we've done that. You can check it out and see. Also, A29547 wrote, I just adore these two ladies who host the show. I really look forward to the podcast coming out every week so I can get their take. Thanks to the host for sharing. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at AlterCallMAFS. That's A-L-T-A-R-C-A-L-L-M-A-F-S. Um, and we're on Reddit, but we have been banned from the two Married at First Sight subs <laughs> because posting once a week about our new episodes was called spam. Um, we're hoping that we can get unbanned, but I'm not actually sure how to do that. Open to any suggestions. <laughs> we hope to figure that out. So, so we're available anywhere you listen to podcasts. Thank you so much for your support and for listening to our show. Don't forget to spread the word, tell a friend. Also, don't forget to subscribe. Give us a five-star rating. We really like those. It gives us visibility. And leave us a review when you can. We enjoy reading those. And leave it on any platform that you listen to. See you guys next week. Bye. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.